Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, let's keep the party going. Happy birthday, Michaela Gordon. I hate that it's chick. It's a big day. Ugh. Oh, isn't she, she the is worst? Exhausting. Spent the last you. four hours praising that woman. Oh my god! I did a whole Insta story post about her. I get it. Let's move on. <laughs> did you do an Insta story post? Yeah. So what are we like when you when it's a friend's birthday or a coworker? Do you usually always post something on behalf of that person? Um, only if the person's on social media. Like, I don't do it for my mom and my dad, my mom and my stepdad, because they're not on social media, and then it's completely performative. Now I'm just doing it for everybody else. I did do that for Father's Day one year, and I was like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. And it was on uh, it was on uh, Instagram. and I, But I was like, at one point, I was like, I never post anything about my dad, because yeah. he's not on social media. So I'm like, do pe- people probably think I have no dad, Yeah, even though I've talk all the time about how I have like four of them but I figured I'll post something about my dad because I love my dad and I never do but then when I posted it I was like no one he's not even going to see this so what does he care and what does everyone else care I don't know but with friends and things like that if it's a really close like inner circle friend I will do a post post like an actual not just insta story you got to find a great old time picture and then say something you love about the person blah 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 yeah but then if it's somebody that you kind of know that you feel like it'd be weird if you didn't post something then it's like quick insta story happy birthday right well i mean most people like i'll give an insta story post to if i like know you and appreciate you or whatever um but like if i don't really know the person or if the person's not on social media um then it, it feels weird to just like you're yeah. posting about them, and it's like, you're never going to see this. Right. Like, I should just call you. So you did a post for Michaela, and it's my birthday next week. So are you going to do the same for me? No. Okay. No. Great. Well, no, no. we have a great show lined up for you. <laughs> you will definitely get an Insta story post similar to Michaela's celebrating your 35th birthday. Just, that's coming up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. 35. We both turned 35 this year. Calm down. Yeah. No. It's okay. it's, it, I'm actually okay with it. Uh, but I, you know, you don't feel the need to do anything for me. You just just tag me in a great cat video or something. That'll be a great. Gift. I sent you a great cat video yesterday. Last Did you? night there was a, a video on Instagram. Um, I said I DM'd it to you and Emmy. There's a a video of a cat like licking on a, a marijuana leaf. Oh no, I and haven't I'm seen that exactly yet. I'm not exactly sure if it's really the same cat or not, but that cat is having a moment. Really? Jesus. I cannot wait. No. A birthday's come early for me. Listen, let me tell you, I've never seen a cat move in that kind of way before. <laughs> it was actually really startling. Hey, um, you know, I think it's good to free the weed in, hu- in the human community and in the animal community. It's a piece of work. I did get a text from you last night where you were a, a, a little bit upset with me. Oh, this cat is very I'm gonna happy. Pu- I'm going to share it on our Insta story on Please DCS. Please do. I always support more And they more come walking videos. in. You have to hear the cat. <laughs> okay, yeah. The cat is this like is, really... We will. Do- oh, this cat is way high. <laughs> yeah, really high. I don't I, even know oh. how mo- cats move that way. Yeah, like, it's, it's crazy. because they're very high. Uh, it's yeah. When you're okay, I'm gonna post it on our DTS show uh, on um on Instagram. I would also like to share with the DTS family a picture that Jarrett sent me late last night, uh, with the caption, "You did this, Allison. Okay, first you of all, did it. I hope you don't sleep tonight." First of all, let's deal in facts. It was not late. 
It was like 7.30. Okay, okay. okay it was Calm late. down. That was late for me. And it is a picture, if you have not uh, heard our show yesterday and you're still catching up on the podcast, please do drop the subject wherever you find your podcast. But there was mention of fries boards where it's, you know, cheese boards are out. It's all about fries boards. You have all different kinds of fries. And you admitted on the show that you used to go to KFC, buy those potato wedges. You say admitted as if it were like a deep, dark secret. <laughs> you confess to us live on the air. Right. I, I finally came out of the closet. Yep. You buy the potato wedges and then you dip them in the mashed potatoes with gravy. I was saying that as a child I used to do this and I haven't probably done this since maybe middle school or high school but I had a dentist appointment yesterday. I have a new dentist and so like I'm getting a bunch of different things done and I remember as a kid getting a vaccine and my mom like I was I don't know I was probably like first or second grade and my mom was just trying to calm me down about the needle and she was like it's okay it's okay hey 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 just think about Taco Bell oh, think about like great. and I was like oh my god so I sent my mom a voice note last night like yeah. this is your fault you sent me to Taco Bell after vaccine. You've conditioned me exactly. to go get fast food but after. I, my face was numb for like three hours afterwards and I was like, I was a big boy today. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got potato wedges exactly. with mashed So potato. I went and got in the drive through line and got potato wedges and mashed potatoes um, and I had them before dinner. That's great. As a nice... Uh, as a nice appetizer. As a nice happy. Well, because I hadn't eaten anything else all day long. So I also had like the hunger headache and I was like, my personality is about to change. I, so I need to eat. That moment comes so quickly, doesn't yeah. it? Sometimes it really sneaks up on yeah. you. Well, it says, you know, you sent me the picture of the wedges with the ma- the mashed potatoes next to it and said, you did this, you did it. I hope you don't sleep tonight. I slept great and I hope you did too because it's sometimes you really need these comfort foods. And I explained this uh, habit that you had when you were a kid to Katie when I got home last night and she 100% supported it immediately. I, I was like, yeah, he said it was kind of weird and she was like, I think that sounds delicious. Why was, wouldn't you why wouldn't you dip those things together? Let me tell together? you, first of all, it feels it felt delicious and like my childhood, so right. but it tasted exactly as I remembered it, and I was so happy about that because you know something that long, it, you never know. It's a gamble. Hundred percent. Like Kool Aid is a great example. Kool Aid was the most thirst quenching, oh, yeah. amazing beverage, and mm-hmm. then when you drink it as an adult, you're like, this tastes like powder and sadness. Oh no! See, what you got to do is get the Kool Aid liquid, the little squeeze bottle that they have now. <laughs> okay. I'm completely horrified that I'm talking about it on the radio, <laughs> but I will say the Kool Aid liquid in the squeeze bottle, three squirts in a big glass of in a of ice water. You'll be oh, okay. All right. Um, you got to balance it out. I, I have a question for you. I know we have to take a break, but I got in your email from the from this morning about uh, what we we're going to talk about on the show. I got the best tease ever from Jarrett, which is there's nothing worse than what happened to me last night in bed. <laughs> so we have to hear the entire story. I it's, it's, it's something that happens often. And I the, my solution has always been kind of bad but I'll, I'll tell you what that is that's coming up next um, we've got a lot more drop the subject coming up we're going to preview the presidential debates tonight I'll tell you about my special that's going to be airing tonight uh, called debate night and late night after the presidential debates what's going on with Donald Trump plus we've got two fantastic guests joining us Dr. Jen Mann's going to be here um, talking about um, your relationships and how to make them better Fallon Carter's going to be here also because she is a wedding planner and this know, is I'd the time of year back. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this is the time of year where so many people have gotten engaged and she's got the list of things that you should not do before you start planning your wedding. So much more coming up on Drop the Subject. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Oh, so much to get to on today's show. Just the tip Tuesday. If you have more than $1,000 in your checking account, 
Hi, the five of you who are still listening. Uh, you can make these five moves. Now, I joke, but uh, it, this is uh, some financial advice for Just the Tip Tuesday coming up later in the show, so that's always good. Uh, Dr. Jen joins us. She's going to talk about what to do when, you're, when you hate your partner's parents. And uh, it's not something that's relatable to me at all, just something that conveniently she put in in style. No, you remember you were talking about this in the meeting, saying how much <laughs> no! you hate Katie's pa- Oh, no. Ah, they Never don't mind. listen. Fine. <clears throat> uh, and then, but first, I wanted to chat with you about the email that you sent this morning. <laughs> you said something that we could potentially talk about at the top of the show. There's nothing worse than what happened to me last night in bed. Does this have anything to do with... With the potato wedges and the mashed potatoes, or is this a separate incident? <laughs> the idea that it would be related to that is like hilarious. <laughs> yes, it is related. <laughs> no, okay. So I, I have uh, this has happened to me for years, and it's I, you know, I, I love to say there's nothing worse than something that's completely frivolous. There's nothing worse. Um, there's absolutely nothing worse. So last <laughs> night, um, I was telling you guys how I got, I, I'm a person who is kind of like a toddler when it comes to bedtime. I'm like, no, I just want to stay up a little bit later. Like, I don't know why. I finish you. Right. I don't know what I think I'm going to miss, but like, I, I have to just stay up. So I'm doing this to myself last night and I'm like, you idiot, just get in bed. And so I got in bed and I'm like, Alexa, turn off the living room and all the lights go out. I go into my room, turn on the light, get in the bed and I'm like sitting there on the phone and just kind of like, you know, whatever, doing like scrolling on Instagram or responding to people on Tinder or whatever. And so I am sitting there, I'm lying in bed and like I feel myself starting to fade and then I'm like, oh, let me put my phone on my charger. And like, uh, I pull yeah, the covers. Yeah, up again a little bit. Right, put my phone on the charger. I then like, I roll over and I look at the ceiling and I see how bright the room is. And I'm like, oh man, the lights are on. The ho- the lights in your bedroom? The lights are on in my bedroom. And I'm like. Oh, but you're already tucky tucked in. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. So then I'm like, I literally. <laughs> You're right. There is nothing worse. I literally roll over and I'm staring at the light switch and I'm thinking about Matilda. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, Lord, if ever there was a moment that I could use 100% of my brain, I want this to be that moment. (laughs) So I'm like, I I know that I I stared at my switch for like 30 seconds. (laughs) And I thought. You're an idiot. <laughs> Get up and turn off the light. And there were no edibles involved in this. There thinking. was no edible. Right. Okay. I can't even blame it on marijuana. <laughs> so, but in the past, like I, my, in, when I first moved here, I lived with a, a friend of mine and she was my roommate and I used to like call her into my room to start conversation with her. I feel like I may have told this story on the show before. And then you'll ask her to do something. I would be like, hey, what's going on? Or what you got going on tomorrow? Oh, that's and like, so great. Can say, you turn my light off? All right, I'll tell you later. Can you close? You can turn off the light. And she'd be like, okay. And like after doing that, like a few different times, she was like, wait a minute. Did you, you call me in here? Me. Exactly. Did you call me in here to turn off your light? And I was like, no. So then she turns on the light, opens the door, and like turns on the TV, and I was like, oh, you're trash. So I think that this happens to me on a regular basis it's with so my annoying. wife. She does the same thing that you do. Oh, but she'll we, call you in. Well, she. I mean, if I'm already up, it'll be like if we're both sitting in bed. But then I get up to go to the bathroom or whatever. She's got a list in her head of things that she's oh. been wanting to do that she has not. While you're up, can you actually turn the heat off and can you put the uh, humidifier on? And can you also go walk the grab, cat can you put and... my laptop over here? It's like you go walk the go cat. Walk the no, cat. that's been done. That's a couple things. Exactly. Okay. Together. Okay. No, but there is, and I, I, I do like one thing. I'm like, okay. And I do another thing. Okay. And the third thing, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> 
you got to do some of this crap yourself. Get up. Yeah. Yeah. It's a... <laughs> It's it's annoying because like my house has like a lot of smart stuff in it like smart lights and so you're not used to getting up now. Well, like I have smart lights in my room, but like the lights that were on are on the switch. So like I I was like, (laughs) this is literally the worst thing that could possibly happen to me tonight. (laughs) So did you (laughs) did you end up? Getting up, or did you sleep all night nope, with, the with the lights on? on? You did? No, I'm kidding. I gotta, I gotta it's like, the wall. Oh my god, you're disciplined. But I say all this to say, anyone that lives with someone else, especially if you have a roommate, this is the trick that you can pull mm-hmm. about three times as long as they're not in consecutive nights. As I learned the hard way. <laughs> okay. You're welcome. Well, we're doing a service to our listener today. Jarrett's gonna work on his telepathy so that he can turn lights off. Allie, but... I'm not kidding. I literally stared at the light switch and I was like, come on. Come Which, on. What would Come happen on. if it actually went down? I know. I thought that too. I was like, if it actually worked, I would be freaked out. <laughs> I love that you thought that too. Oh, I, if it works, I'm powerful I totally beyond that. my imagination. I thought if these lights turn off, I am going to be freaked the F out. Like, I don't know what I would do. All right. Some crazy impeachment stuff coming up. Yeah? Yes. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. This is a subject that the Senate has been trying to drop for a while now. The subject of <laughs> impeachment. <laughs> and well played there. Thank you. Did. That was a nice segue into a story. Yeah. Y- yes, that's true. Uh, and that is the segue into crazy impeachment stuff. Emmy. Huh? Sorry. Come on. <laughs> Here is some crazy impeachment stuff. I love the... Sorry. Um, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm just, just time to talk about some crazy impeachment. Here is yeah. some crazy impeachment stuff. I mean, I mean, you ready for some crazy impeachment stuff? Here is some crazy Now she's ready. Stuff. <laughs> she's got her hand on the button. Crazy impeachment stuff. It's happening. Uh, okay, so we've finally seen some movement from Mrs. Is she Mrs. Pelosi? Ms. Pelosi? Sure, we'll go with that. Okay. Speaker Pelosi. Speaker Pelosi. That's the safest answer. Is that S dot? What is the yeah, S there? S P. I don't know what I'm talking about here. Um, but yes, uh, there's a, there's a few different things that are happening that uh, are making impeachment a little bit more interesting this morning. The first thing, though, uh, we saw this story last night that say the Russians have hacked uh, a company at the center of the impeachment scandal. So you you might remember the whole impeachment scandal. It centered around uh, the fact that Joe Biden's son uh, worked at this company called Burisma in, in Ukraine, and Donald Trump was trying to get like dirt on that situation. Um Mind you, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden are not a part of the Ukraine scandal specifically, so much as like the Ukraine scandal is about Donald Trump trying to shake them down for getting information. Trying to dig, uh, yeah, trying to dig deeper into that relationship. Exactly. There's not really any evidence of there's foul play. Exactly. So, um, the Russians apparently um, that the story came out last night that the Russian military hackers have successfully infiltrated the Ukrainian gas company Burisma. Um, according to cybersecurity researchers, they say it's unclear what information the hackers sought or how deeply Burisma may have been compromised. But it seems as if they are doing almost exactly what they did in 2016 to Hillary Clinton to Joe Biden. So they've hacked into this company and are seemingly trying to get information that that Donald Trump was seeking um, in this uh, this uh, this scandal um, that they are trying to seemingly get that information about Joe Biden and his son. So where's that phone call? 
What Where's the phone call between Donald Trump and Putin saying, well, hey, I want you to hack into Burisma? I will remind... I don't, well, number one, Donald Trump wouldn't even have to ask for it, right? They, they know that so that's they his most know. formidable opponent. But like, also, every time Donald Trump has ever had a meeting with with um, with Vladimir Putin, like, there's no readout for everyone to know what happened. Um, a couple of times he's met with Vladimir Putin by himself where there was no American present, which is a I, huge security issue. I remember issue. that because people were really upset. And right. th- would, would that be an appeal? events no um i don't know i mean <clears throat> impeachment is technically a political thing so like if people were mad enough about it it could be but i mean it's something that is completely unusual especially for an adversary who right. attacked our country last election and is seemingly doing it again um and so it's just a very weird thing for a president to be doing multiple times and, so. and okay, so but they we are going to move forward, and Nancy Pelosi, we're, they're voting tomorrow. Yeah, right? so Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats met this morning, and they had their kind of final chat, if you will, or, or um, forum about what they were going to be doing over brunch. Um, uh, over brunch, brunch? they had a, a wonderful. Um, so what do we think, guys? <laughs> mimosas or um, Bellini? Eggs Benedict, <laughs> exactly. and we'll pass them over. I uh, they they met this morning, and um, what's interesting about this is is they're saying like Nancy Pelosi's like the time's kind of run out and and senators are kind of saying like you know we we need to get this process going if we're going to do something so this comes from the AP saying um, after weeks of delay and strategizing the US House is planning to vote on Wednesday to send the articles of impeachment against President Donald Trump to the Senate to start the trial on removing him from office Um, Speaker Pelosi met this morning as we said with um, the whole team and she said that um, they'll vote to transmit the charges and name the House managers for the case what that means is the House manager for the case are kind of like the prosecutors, if you will. Um, they're the people who will be coming from the House of Representatives that will be presenting the case that they've made in this indictment-like process that was the I impeachment see. hearings. Okay, and and we still juries out on whether or not they're going to hear witnesses. There's, some of this stuff has not been figured out yet, but they've decided to move forward regardless. Yeah, we will see what happens with that. Um, expectations are low. However, that's one of the other things that was kind of interesting that came out of uh, yesterday is there's a story that says that uh, that uh, Mitch McConnell doesn't have the votes right now to get that passed. That, oh, that's right. That there yeah. are some Republicans that want to hear from witnesses and see documents. Um, the Democrats have been positioning this trial without any uh, without any documents or witnesses as a cover up. They're like, if you're gonna have a trial with no no evidence and no witnesses, this is just a cover up. Right. And so and it's obvious. Exactly. And so it's a uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how they do. This this because realistically Mitch McConnell if he doesn't have the votes um, to be able to get that through it does it does make you wonder like well how many Republicans aren't supporting him on this um, so we'll kind of see how that plays out well, um, in the coming days and weeks it's like you have a chance to get out of a bad relationship and you're either going to take it or not take it you know what I mean it's like having a bad boyfriend and it's like <laughs> okay this is the moment right where you're like moving apartments and this is the time where you can just leave yeah. get out of the relationship so this is up to any Republicans who are on the fence about breaking up with Donald Trump this is the chance to break it off yeah but the election being in November kind of screws that shoots that one in the foot right because the Republicans are so reliant on uh, Donald Trump's support and some of those senators are up for election Uh, there's one third of senators are up for election every general election because they have a six year um, a a six year term so some of them will be up for election and so it will be uh, a a big question of like who's going to support him and who won't 
Interesting. Well, yeah. uh, and some of these uh, people running for office for or running for president might have to sit in an impeachment trial during their presidential they campaign, will, which is crazy. Because Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, uh, now formerly Cory Booker, um, uh, they are, and uh, Amy Klobuchar, they're all senators. Like they all have to be in these trials, which is going to make it difficult for them to mm-hmm. run for office in those in those early states. Oh, well, I'm sure they'll be totally unbiased. We'll be right back. <laughs> drop the subject. The new channel Q. All right, drop the subject. Thank Thanks for hanging out with us, Allie and Jarrett. And if you uh, need to catch up on things that happened earlier in the week or earlier in the show, there is good news because there's a podcast that you can download. Drop the subject wherever really? you find your podcast. Yes. Oh. It's crazy these days. It's not just live radio, Jarrett. You can catch up <laughs> afterwards. I-C-Y-M-I. Uh, that's that's not... in case you missed it. I think I may have messed that up. I think you might have. <laughs> I see. I see. Why am I? I see that thoughts are hard. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) I wanted to talk about this article that I found about sneezing. Mm -hmm. And of course, everybody does it. The scientists say it's a lot like laughing, meaning that it's individual uh, based on how you are as a person. And it also reflects your personality. Okay. I at first had seen an article about why men sneeze very loudly mm-hmm. because normally you you hear that men sneeze bigger than women do, mm-hmm. uh, but they break it down in a very interesting way, and there are even categories of types of sneezes and what it says about your personality. How do you? What kind of a sneezer are you? I don't believe I've ever seen you or heard you sneeze. I sneeze pretty hard. I, I I very rarely have like a kind of sneeze. It's always like a really hard sneeze. I, yeah, I would really love it if you were like. <coughs> uh, it mine depends on the situation. There are some times when I'll sneeze very loudly, and there are some times where I, if I'm in a public place, I'll literally swallow the whole thing and just be like. <coughs> oh really? Yeah, which I've heard is bad for you. So I guess what does that mean? I'm a social chameleon. Let's find out. Well, uh, the other thing that's interesting about sneezing is they say that your eyes always close because if you didn't, your eyes would like pop out of your head. What? I've heard that because there's like so much power coming out of your head when you're sneezing um, that your eye, you've never sneezed with your eyes open. You always. Oh, well, who's made your... that mistake? That yeah. sounds awful. I know, right? Like, you just have a kid who's like, what if I kept my eyes open? Oh, my God. <laughs> exactly. I'm blind. All right. Well, it says, uh, this is according to uh, a- an article in NBC News, and they basically say that uh, we each have our own individual sneezing style. Uh, sneezes are like laughter. Like I said, some laughs are loud, some are soft, and it's similar with sneezing. It will often be the same from youth onward in terms of what it would sound like. So a person who's demonstrative and outgoing, for instance, would most likely have a loud, explosive sneeze, whereas someone who's shy might try to withhold a sneeze, resulting in more of the Minnie Mouse type (laughs) sneeze. Yeah. Uh, some people like to stifle their sneeze. They like to pinch their nose. And I think then it might be a subconscious rebellion. I don't know. I mean, there's a, another expert that broke it down into four different types. So there's the sensitive sneezer. They're never, never loud. And they, are, they tend to be friendly and outgoing people. Then there is the B-right sneezer. Not really sure what that means. But they are careful and accurate, and they only sneeze once. So I guess they're very uh, methodical mm, as, mm-hmm. I- as a person and in the way they sneeze. There's the get-it-done sneezer. They are fast and decisive. They try to hold in their sneeze, but if they do, just sneeze, move on. <laughs> move on. Move I'm on to the next thing, here. all right? Those are the powerless. I've got other things to do. I've got other things. I can't be bothered with this sneeze. 
Then there is the enthusiastic sneezer who really lets it rip. He or she sneezes loudly, many, many, maybe many times in a row, which is a sign that this person is charismatic and is a born leader. Mm. So if you are an enthusiastic sneezer. I was going to say that's an interesting analysis. I normally in the morning is when I sneeze the most, which makes me think something's in my room that I'm like allergic to or something. Hmm. But like I will normally sneeze like really hard, really loud, like three to four times. Okay, yeah. so you uh, you never sneeze just once? It, usually not. Because I don't think that that's voluntary. Yeah, how are no. you deciding how many times you're going to sneeze? No, I think not. But I think the they're I th- what I'm hearing them say is like your body is kind of prone to like your personality and like they it, I don't know that's an I've I've never thought about this before. Like when you brought this up, I was fascinated by the concept of it because I'm like I know that I always sneeze really loud and hard, and people are always like, "Whoa, are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yep, yeah, this is how it goes." Yeah, but there are some people who sneeze louder than they need to. Oh, it's like it becomes like a show. It's like an intention seeking thing. A chewy. Yeah. Oh. Chewy. A chewy. A chewy. Can I tell you a quick secret before we get out of here? Go. When I was a kid, I used to love the sensation of sneezing so much that I would roll up a little oh my god tissue paper, stuff it up my nose, and tickle my nose until I sneezed. What does that say about me? Crazy. I guess it says that I am crazy. That's kind of like what they say about dogs that bark all the time. Like after a while, like they like the feeling in their vocal cords of barking, which is why they bark all day long because it feels good to them. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Well, I would make a really annoying dog. We'll be back. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jarrett. Allie is here, and uh, it is a big day in election news. Today is another day where we will be seeing uh, six of the Democratic primary candidates um, on a stage together. Luckily, it's not in Iowa. Yeah, it'll be in Des Moines, and uh, we are happy that there won't be 10 on stage tonight. Yeah, I know. Six is the lowest yet, isn't it? Uh, I believe so. Um, The last one was either five or six, Um, but it's it's about about as low as it's gotten so far. Um, And so we're really excited to uh, be hosting a special tonight. Uh, later on tonight, I'm going to be hosting uh, live at 9 o'clock Pacific time, midnight Eastern, what we're calling debate night and late night. So it'll be myself and a panel of guests and we'll be talking about the debates. Um, but first things first, we got to prepare you for the debate. It's time for Drop the President. Drop the President. So... As I said, there will be six people on stage tonight. They will be Joe Biden, former vice president, Bernie Sanders, a senator from Vermont, Warren, Elizabeth Warren, the senator from Massachusetts, Pete Buttigieg, the now former mayor of South Bend, Indiana, Senator Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota, and the billionaire philanthropist Tom Steyer. So Pete Buttigieg is out of a job right now. Uh, you could say that. You could say that. his job is running for president okay. right now. Yeah, right. Uh, and so it, it's going to be interesting to see um, what happens tonight because we are things have changed. Um, it's going to be on CNN tonight, and so uh, CNN has this article that's really really helpful in kind of preparing for the debate. Um, it says the things to look out for. It has nine things. I don't think all nine things, all nine of these things are important. Okay, but um, one of them that is really important is Sanders and Warren. Um, yeah. there's been an interesting fight between the last couple of days with them. Yeah. Where where um, Elizabeth Warren says that Joe Biden, that, uh, excuse me, Elizabeth Warren said that Bernie Sanders said to her uh, a while back that he didn't believe that a woman could win in 2020, which, you know, kind of rubs some people uh, the wrong way. I was talking about this in the break room with someone earlier. They were like, I don't think he would say that. I was like, oh, I totally think he would say that. He's I a 70 something year old man. Like, right. Like, and like really, really old guys like that, you don't realize that until then they say, they like, 
seem like sweet old men and then they drop something like completely racist or completely dumb yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it'll be like, anyway, I don't I think a woman's place is in the kitchen. And well, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> a woman's place. You're is like, in what the did, <laughs> where did that come from? Like well, so they'll drop that weird stuff every once in a while. Yeah, well according to the CNN article, um on Monday they say in a two thousand eighteen meeting between the two, Sanders told Warren that he believed a woman could not win the presidency. Um Sanders is disputing that account. He's saying he's saying that it is ludicrous to believe that at the same meeting where Elizabeth Warren told me she was going to run for president I would tell her that a woman couldn't win. Here's the thing. If one of these people is lying, I default toward Elizabeth Warren. I agree. Yeah. I don't know. I, I But also, it's a who said... I mean, I know that it's kind of a he said, she said thing, but if she said it first... I just don't know why she would all of a sudden come out and lie Make like that. Make that up and lie, yeah. They say, and I mean, I guess that he did... Didn't he say something towards her a couple days ago about... Or no, 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 she... She well. He said something about he's her. He's been talking about her, calling her an elitist, and saying that she's the candidate of the elite. Which okay, so this is her clap runs back. completely contrary. Well, this didn't actually come from her directly. She did affirm that it happened. Um, this is according uh, apparently to four different sources, and then on Monday, uh, Elizabeth Warren came out with a statement backing up the sources' oh. characterization of this meeting. She says, "I thought a woman could win." He disagreed, and that's all that she said. Um, um, so it'll be interesting to see how the two of them. Uh, address each other tonight because with this being such a big story right now it could seemingly come up uh, in the debate another really interesting thing to watch is that since the last time we saw these candidates on a stage together a lot has changed in foreign <laughs> policy yes right we've had the Iran conflict happen we've, with the killing of Soleimani the attacks in Iran all of the questions about whether or not this was something that was justified um, and so all of that has changed um, and we've got impeachment looming now all of these people uh, you and I were talking about in the break all of most of these people on this stage, um, four of the excuse me, three of the six of them um, will be jurors in the trial in the Senate, which makes it difficult for them to campaign. Right. Um, they have to be there. It's like they jury have duty. to be there. Exactly. It's, it's literally jury it's duty. Jury, yeah. Big time jury. Duty. Um, so between foreign policy and the changes in impeachment, there are a lot of things that have changed since we saw these candidates last in December. Um, also, this is an all white stage. We started off with the most diverse candidate um, pool that we've ever had. And now all of the remaining candidates that are on the stage tonight are white people. Wait, so Yang's not... Oh, that's right, Andrew Yang's not not on the stage tonight. And so um, between (laughs) Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar, Klobuchar and Tom Steyer, they are all white people. And what's interesting about that to me is one of these six people may end up being the candidate. And realistically, it's probably like one of these four people because... I just don't see it for Tom Steyer. Why are you looking over at Yang like that? Well, no, no, no. I I like Andrew Yang, but he's not one of the six. But like Amy Klobuchar and Tom Steyer, I just don't see either one of them being president. But like one of these four will probably have to pick a person of color to be their vice president. Hmm. If they if one of the four of them become the nominee. Right. Well, I mean, let's see. We're down to one person of color and two ladies. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. And, and only one of the ladies is really seeming like a, a formidable a, yeah, right. contender. So then if Biden, Sanders, or Pete Buttigieg get the primary, they would seemingly need to choose a woman or a person of color as their VP? If 
if we end up with a white man as the candidate for this party, it the is least the, you can do is put. I mean, it's well, yes, the least you can do is put a, a woman and or woman of color and knock tick, tick both boxes. But like the idea that we started out with such a diverse yeah uh, field. But I also tell you that one of the major problems that uh, Pete Buttigieg is going to have is the fact that he cannot get the black vote. Like he's not had success getting black people to vote for him. Isn't and, like, Biden have a lot of? Black voters? Biden has like the strongest black vote um, backing. But like realistically, the challenge for this, whoever this candidate is going to be, is that black voters are not going to are going to probably feel disenfranchised by the way that this has gone. The fact that all of the black candidates are out. Only um, Andrew Yang is remaining as a person of color, mm-hmm. and if you don't consider Deval Patrick, which no one considers Deval Patrick at this point. Um, but like, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this is going to play into the primaries and then how it will play into the vice presidential pick when we get to the summer. Fascinating. Well, yeah. uh, when we get back, we're going to continue a little bit on the political train because I have the U.S. presidential election betting odds That's from the Iowa caucus moving forward. I'm so fascinated with how they come up with these odds. So it's really interesting. I uh, want to remind you that we're coming right back and also make sure to check out Debate Night and Late Night tonight at 9 p.m. Um, Pacific, midnight Eastern. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject is back. We are in the middle of Drop the President. Um, also, before we get into these odds, I just realized, Emmy, last night or yesterday at the end of the show, you thought you were very funny with your little happy ending that we didn't have time to get to. We had done the story yesterday about Cory Booker um, and what we were calling Drop the President chill candidate mm-hmm. because Cory Booker had fallen out of the race. And... All day long, (laughs) Allie had so much to say about me saying that I was running when I was on the elliptical. And I was like, I'm not fighting with you stupid people about this. I was on the elliptical. I don't care. (laughs) So then Emmy thought she was so clever, but we ran out of time for her happy ending. What was your little happy ending, Emmy? I didn't. You you guys were the ones laughing. No, it was was actually pretty clever. It was good. So we wanted you to say it on the air. I already What's his name? Cory Booker. Cory Booker. Cory Booker may not be running for president anymore, Mm -hmm. but at least he doesn't say he runs four miles. (laughs) So there's that on an elliptical. Just gonna. I would really love to get that information to Cory Booker. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) He can say he's ellipticaling for president now. So (laughs) I'm going for president. So ahead of the presidential debates that are happening tonight, um, as you probably heard the promo that just ran a few minutes ago, we have a special coming up tonight called Debate Night and Late Night. But Ali, you are uh, you have these debate odds that are going in Vegas about Mm. how much money you could win if you vote on the right person, right? Yeah, you can vote on everything. uh, or so yeah, you can bet on everything from the Iowa caucus to the presidential election. You can vote uh, on a bunch of different things, and depending on what you bet, you could win a lot of money. Uh, let's break some of this down because I do think we should do some debates for the debates tonight. Indeed. Uh, all right, let's just go over some of these, and then we can make our choices as one thing we'd like to bet for tonight. Okay. All right. So, and this is a wager that you can place up until February second. That's the cutoff. The Iowa caucus. Oh, because that's the day before the Iowa the, caucus. Okay. Yes. Okay. okay. So this is for the Democratic nominee for uh, the Iowa caucus. Pete Buttigieg. That'll give you plus one ninety. So this is all based on a one hundred dollar bet. If you bet a hundred dollars and and he wins, you'll get one hundred and ninety back. Bernie Sanders is plus two twenty. Joe mm. Joe Biden is plus four hundred. So that's even less likely. Elizabeth Warren is plus $550. So again, if you bet $100, you will get $550 back. Wait, so Pete Buttigieg is the highest? Yes, he's the most likely. 
That he is. is he has the best, or the I guess it's the worst odds if you're better, but he has the he, best. He's chance the most expected to win. He's most expected. Based, that's crazy. To Amy me. Klobuchar plus fifteen hundred. Girl, you should get a million dollars. Let's just call it what it is. Hold on, Andrew Yang plus twenty five hundred. Yeah, that's fair. And then all other candidates is plus two thousand. Uh, then you can vote on the Democratic candidate for the primaries. That is, Joe Biden has the best odds there. That's plus 220. Then Bernie Sanders, plus 225. Then it jumps up to Elizabeth Warren at six, plus 600. This is for what now? This is for the U.S. presidential election 2020, the Democratic candidate. This is for the general, not for Iowa. No, no, this is not for Iowa. This is now general. And what's the order? I'm sorry, I'm, my, my mind is all jumbled up now. I know, I know, now. it's a lot. Yeah. So uh, the if you bet 100 bucks... On Joe Biden for the general election. For the general election, that's plus two twenty. So you'd get two hundred and twenty bucks. So back. he's the most. He's likely the to most win. likely. That's so interesting because Pete Buttigieg is the most likely in Iowa, though, right? Yes. Got it. Okay. Uh, Bernie Sanders plus two twenty five. Elizabeth Warren plus six hundred. Okay. Andrew Yang is plus sixteen hundred, and then it goes all the way down. Tulsi Gabbard, if you want to really take a chance here. If you bet $100, you'll get $10,000 if she ends up being the Democratic candidate. You should also get a passport because you're going to want to get the hell out of here. <laughs> Let's just be honest. I'm saying, you try to spread out your money, right? If you want to put like two bucks or five bucks or even 10 on Tulsi, why not, right? I mean, I mean well, there's a lot of reasons why not. Yeah, exactly. uh, and then Robbie Wells at plus 20,000. No one knows who the hell that is, Good. but if he is the candidate, yeah. Holy moly. Can you imagine if, if like, this dark horse comes out of nowhere right. and he wins and you're like, oh my God, I just want so much money. Before we get out of here, here's the kicker. For the 2020 U.S. presidential candidate to win, Donald Trump is minus 250. So he is favored to win. Yeah. So if you bet $100, you're going to get way less than that back. Bernie mm. Sanders plus 500. Joe Biden plus 550. Pete Buttigieg plus 2200. I mean, this is fascinating stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll have to make some bets. I know we're getting into news that will lose it and we're running out of time. But. but, well, and I mean, we haven't talked about this off the air, but we should probably do a little bit of a sports roundup now that we're looking at all this, <gasps> all these debates Please. and stuff like that. Because I know the 49ers are in the NFC in the, championship. The championship this Sunday. And when I say I know that, I know it because you mentioned <laughs> it about 20 minutes ago. Um, but also, there's a story about like some scandal happening in baseball. Maybe we'll do a little a bit of a sports in baseball. Yeah. No way. We gotta go. We'll take a quick break. News it or lose it is next. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject is <laughs> drop the subject is back. Oh, uh, with it won't play? a little bit of uh, breaking news before we get into uh, the news it or lose it headlines. Um, we've got to uh, let you know that we were just talking about impeachment a few drop minutes ago. Subject oh. presents. <laughs> we were talking about impeachment a second ago. Go yes, ahead. we were talking about impeachment a few minutes ago. Um, and there's a breaking headline coming from NBC News saying that uh, Mitch McConnell has said that he believes the impeachment trial will begin on Tuesday, which is a pretty historic thing. Only the third time in our history that an impeachment trial will be beginning in the Senate. Televised? So, yes. Streaming? It'll be on every single screen that you could find. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's time for your news that are losing headlines. Yes. Okay. So... We'll talk. We'll start with stardust, and we'll end on poop. How does that sound? Sounds about right. Okay. Scientists have discovered the Earth's oldest solid material, and it is something that is older than the sun. And I know that seemingly makes no sense. Uh, I I can't help you too much, but I'll just uh, uh, here's what I know. I'm like, how do they even know how old the sun is? Did they do a 23andMe or something like? (laughs) 
How would you even know that? They count the rings, obviously. Oh, that makes sense. So scientists have discovered this material, and it is stardust that was trapped inside of a meteor. Really? Yes. They're calling they're call, calling them pre-solar grains or stardust, and they are particles from a star that can eventually form new stars along with planets, moons, and meteorites. Where did they find this? In Berkeley? They found it in Australia. Oh, Australia. Okay. It fell, so it is, it's a solid material, and it was found on Earth in, uh, obviously, and it had fallen into Australia. So a star, star dust actually fell into Australia right. and was encapsulated in a meteorite. Just want to be clear, I'm sure someone in the Bay Area laughed at me saying it might have fallen in Berkeley. No one else here did, but it's fine. <laughs> um, I, no, I think that's really interesting. Um, the, the idea of something predating the sun is like, Wild. Well, yeah, and what I don't understand is, so Earth existed before the sun. That's what they're saying then. Because well, Earth existed, otherwise there'd be no meteor. Well, no, I, I'm thinking that it means that the meteor was around before the sun, and it, that meteor eventually landed on Earth. So the stardust encapsulated inside of a meteor, and then landed on Earth at some point after the sun and the Earth had been created. Right. I mean, you know me. I'm an astrophysicist. So. I love how I'm asking you to clarify my news and story. I'm like, how does this work? That's, well, that's how I'm interpreting it. I mean, obviously, I, think that's I don't correct. know. Yeah, that seems like what it would it be. But the fact that we have access to stardust that can form new stars and planets, I mean, if we're trying to find a new home, for, can't we just, for us as humans... Oh. No, that's your people, honey. That ain't mine. Can't we just make a new planet? White in a people are always the ones that want to go live somewhere else. And we're like, we got to figure this out first before we go anywhere else. Y'all go do that and we'll you take this. You don't want to live on like a giant spaceship like Wally? Hell to the no. <laughs> Girl, I don't want to live in the woods. Are you kidding me? Like, go live on a planet with nothing? <laughs> well, there's nothing yet. Think about uh, how cheap rent will be. Girl, Amazon Prime cannot get there and neither can DoorDash. What am I going to do? Yeah, you never know, all right? That's where can you robots can Amazon do a lot of was, stuff. Like, delivering to the moon. Uh, all right, let's talk about this, these tourists who are arrested in Machu Picchu. And when you go see, this is just advice if you've ever traveled outside of the country. When you go to travel to a sacred temple, don't poop in it. That's a bad thing to do. Oh, Okay, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know that it's not usually on the list of like do's and don'ts for international travel. That is especially on the list of do do's and don'ts. Uh, See what I did? I like it because do do. I a, like yeah, it. Of- so do doing is a big don't. <laughs> and six tourists were busted in Peru for defecating in a sacred temple at Machu Picchu. The group was arrested after park rangers found them inside the Temple of the Sun, which is even off limits to visitors so you can't even go in there oh my god they decided I want to go in there uh, what do I want to do do I want to take an Instagram picture no I'm just going to take a crap in here and then leave sounds again like your people not uh, mine I don't know like I, I, it doesn't say where these people are from it doesn't say oh the group included two Brazilians two Argentinians and one French tourist and another from Chile all your people <laughs> what I just wanted to be right that's fine <laughs> It's like, I am not, and I'm not Brazilian think, or Argentinian I'm or French. I'm just thinking, like, how bold is it to, A, go into a temple where people are not supposed to be, and two, like, then you go in there and defecate? Like, you and should be the, in jail. Uh, right, you should be. And that was on the agenda from the beginning, or that was a spur of the moment Were decision. you guys, like, high or drunk or something? Like, oh my God, you know what would be so crazy to do? Yeah. I don't know why that's not my straight guy voice. <laughs> uh, it's always With an voice. Argentinian accent. Exactly. We'll be right back. <laughs> Subject, the new Channel Q. <laughs> the subject is back, and uh, we've got 
I literally have four headlines pulled up um, that have to do with the person that is the president of your your United States. Why um, do you have to say it like that? Because I just like to disassociate myself from him <laughs> as much as I possibly can. <laughs> um, it's time for us to jump around. Okay, so I'm going to give you uh, a couple of headlines and you can pick which one you want, almost in the lose it or lose it kind of way. Um, and we'll, we'll jump into Let's them. lose them all. Just lose them all, right. Um, so if I'm super infuriated by one, do I lose it or lose it? I don't know. That's up to you. All right. Um, this first one is the White House tweeted a super weird snow photo on an abnormally warm day. Oh, all right, sure. It's totally weird. So um, this comes from CNN Politics, and <laughs> there was a tweet that came out yesterday, or excuse me, on Tuesday the 12th um, from the White House, and it says, first snow of the year, and a snowflake emoji, and there's a picture of the White House in snow. Wait, Tuesday wasn't the 12th? Yeah, Tuesday, January 12th. Or excuse me, yeah, the 12th Sunday? was on Sunday, excuse me. Oh, okay. I'm thinking today's Thursday, I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, <laughs> I was like, I had a stroke. <laughs> That's not exactly, right. yeah. So it was, it was uh, on the 12th, and... The odd thing about this uh, photo and this tweet was the temperature was 70 degrees that day in Washington, <laughs> D.C. Wow, that's actually pretty pretty warm, warm for exactly. That, this time of year. Um, they say all of which made this tweet from the White House's official account at 8.55 p.m. Sunday night. Very, very strange. People were tweeting about how like Donald Trump will lie about anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> at the time of the tweet at the Reagan National Airport, it was 54 degrees outside. Um, they say it was. The oddity of this was all noted in the replies. People were like, what? The daytime high in D.C. was 68. Um, I was wearing shorts. They even talk about that day was warm enough that there was like fog over the water. Um, It was just a very weird thing. Some people are assuming that it was just a a mistake or like a draft tweet because like Sunday was a busy day and like it didn't get out or something. But it was a very weird thing for them to tweet out. Well, but I mean... He's not in charge of that Twitter account, is he? Um, not of the White House Twitter account, but like... Yeah, so it's somebody else being like, here's pictures of the White House, let's tweet something. But yeah, it was very weird for them to tweet it out on Sunday. Um, you'll also remember, like, the last time we had a weather story about Donald Trump uh, being a blatant liar was when he was lying about the hurricane hitting Alabama, and he drew on the map oh, and all that kind of stuff. right. Just very the weird stuff. The old map drawing. Exactly. Um, then there we were just talking about the Senate trial that might be starting on Tuesday, Um we had mentioned how uh, the the White House kind of there's like this debate about what the White House wants. Part of them, part of the discussion is that the White House really wants a big, you know, drawn out trial that they can, you know, have as much of a spectacle as they want. And then there are some people who who are saying that the White House really wants the Senate to be able to dismiss the charges. Um, and we talked about this a little bit earlier. How are they going to dismiss the charges? Because it could be voted on. Um, earlier, I was talking about this with um, them wanting to them not having the votes to be able to uh, to dismiss witnesses or not bring in evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, I misspoke about that. This was specifically about them being able to dismiss the charges. The whole thing. Exactly. They could begin the trial and then vote to dismiss it and it would be over in no time. It'd, okay. be, it'd be done. I think we should get rid of that one. We should. Well, they don't have the votes to, I to vote achieve that. To so. the... <laughs> Again, they, they uh, couldn't pull that off. These stupid checks and balances, Jared. <laughs> exactly. Why, why did we set up the checks and what, the balances? And the balances and the checkbook. Um, um, and then lastly, they, there's a headline in Wolf Post that says Trump is planning to take $7.2 billion more from the Pentagon for his border wall. Oh, my God. We okay. haven't talked about the border I... wall a lot, but like the he's kind of gotten the green light to be able to take military money. He's going to take $7.2 <sighs> billion. But you'll also remember Donald Trump loves to boast about how he's rebuilt the military and the military is so important. 
that's taking away another. I think it's taken like three billion dollars, something like that, away from it initially. This would be another seven billion dollars coming away to go to the border wall that Mexico was supposed to pay for. That we uh, so he's taking that away from a military that might be going to war soon. A <laughs> well made point. Uh-huh. Yes. Drop, uh-huh. More drop Think about it. Think about it. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, drop the subject with Allie and Jarrett. And right now we transition into the subject of weddings. We are here in studio joined by Fallon Carter, who is returning to the show. Welcome back, Fallon. Hello, hello. Hey, Boo. Welcome. We were talking about this because uh, we talked last year, at the end of the last year about how this is the time where everyone's getting engaged, everyone's buying rings, everyone's doing all of the stuff. And like you sent us this idea of like, we need to talk about the things that people should not do before they start planning for their wedding. And it seems like there's like a lot of things that people need to be thinking about before it's time to plan for the wedding. Absolutely. I think, you know, Pinterest and Instagram and everything, you'll just get your mind going to a space of like, oh, I need a dress yesterday. I need a date. I yeah. need the venue. The cake. Ah. So yeah. it's, it's all happening at one point. And I think what people forget to realize is planning for a wedding is just the stepping stone to planning for a forever mm-hmm. and a, a marriage together. And considering what you want your lives to look like for the for rest of your forever is really important and something that we overlook because we're just so focused on that day. Yeah. I've, I'm always fascinated when you hear people talking about their weddings and how much they talk about their wedding, but how much they don't talk about their marriage. Yep. And so some of these things are really looking at that. The first thing you say that people need to be thinking about before they start planning their wedding is a financial advisor, which I've never even heard anyone say, but oh, it makes perfect that makes sense. sense, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people are spending sometimes half a million dollars on this one day that's 15 hours. Okay, that's very you okay. to have a half a million dollar wedding. I was like, wow, I really was at the low end of the total when I got married. But I mean, but it's, a big, spending, it's a big investment. No matter however much it is, it's a big investment for people. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's like, if you're if you, if you're buying a home, you'd probably speak to somebody about it. If you're going to college or if you're making another big financial decision, you would talk to someone about it. And this can cost as much as that for a lot of folks. Yeah. Exactly. So, and also just keeping, this is a big financial decision you're making together. And this Mm -hmm. is the first time you're making a big financial decision together. So it's nice to talk to somebody about how do you manage money? What kind of debt you got? Yeah, I kind (laughs) of wish I had done that because there were like we had a rough estimate. But then when we started (laughs) looking at venues and started looking at dresses and all that stuff, they would be their first questions were, what's your budget? And we were like, "Um, I I mean, it's kind of here, Uh but uh," and like not knowing our budget really it impacts like, the rest of it. Yes, it did impact the rest of it. So I would imagine. But then how much, How often do people spend more than their budget? Is it oh, 100% fine. of the time? <laughs> She's like, I would say I most mean, times. Yeah. Because like, we, there was like <laughs> little things that kept adding up. And then afterwards, we were like, damn, wait, we spent way more money than we thought we did. Yeah, but get, also just having some, a professional say, you know what? If you're trying to make these decisions in your life, this is what I think you should spend. And, and when you're crafting a wedding budget, which we can totally get into on another day, having that emergency fund is really important to people. I'm like, look, just have a number in your head where you don't want to exceed that. Subtract 20%. That's your wedding budget. So that way you buffer yourself and you're not feeling always stressed because you're kind of planning to be on the safe side anyway. That's really, really smart. I'm interested in all the things I, I did wrong. I'm thinking about this from a, a, a perspective of having interior design clients. Like most people have never hired an interior designer. Exactly. Most people have never hired a wedding planner exactly. and something you don't do often. Um, and so it's like you don't know what your budget should be or how much you should be planning for. And so that's that makes perfect sense. But it's something I never would have yeah, thought and of. Theoretically, you're only getting married once. So all of the Theoretically. Theoretically. Like, listen, but you like, 
like, only get three shots at this and three back at the time. apple. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I would imagine if someone's already gotten married, they're like, "All right, I've done this before. I know, I know exactly what, doing, what I yeah. want. I know, you know, if you could do a do-over, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, probably be nice." The second Amen. thing you say, people, people need to be thinking about is a lawyer. Oh, Again, yes. never thought about oh, this. Why a lawyer? Because you're making the hugest business decision of your life. This mm. is the person that's going to make the call if you like go into a coma. Yeah. I want to talk to somebody else and get some paperwork drawn up to make sure you know what I want. Mm. I know what you want. How are we raising kids? Like This isn't just about a prenuptial agreement. This is about a lot of different things. Yeah. Like I want to I want to make an informed decision, but I'm also a very logistic driven mind. I want I want everything that I do to have parameters yeah. so that we understand what it is that we're getting into That's and yes so you should discuss a prenup so then Absolutely. how do you how do you navigate if the if one person doesn't want to do that or they said they take it as an insult as far as like no why, why would we need to talk about, about to a lawyer because of our love right so that fleeting emotion of love that yeah. leads you to the next person to talk to a therapist yes <laughs> listen well, and i will say like I, i've always said to myself like i i always imagine myself getting a prenuptial agreement no matter who i'm marrying or what my money looks like because i can can't mar- if I'm not marrying someone that's rational enough to understand why we need to do that, yeah, I probably don't, don't need to be marrying you. you. But like, that's also <laughs> something to talk to your, your therapist <laughs> about. So yeah. yeah, talk about that. I mean, getting on the same page when you're making these big decisions. Like some people understand things totally different and you're sure. like why why can't you see that we need to do that mm. well let's get on the same page and understand how do you process information so that way we can communicate better and I know basically past experience from your life that impact the way you're making this decision right now. Hmm. I think that's just a better way for us to connect and really have a better foundation because I'm not always going to love this person. Sometimes you're going to piss me the hell off and I need to understand how to operate that. You have to have the tools. Right, exactly. And you're recommending doing all of this before you even start I do. With even looking at a, a venue or anything like that. I mean, even just in heavy dating, like if you're thinking it's coming, I would say start putting these pieces together. Mm. I think the concept of just the wedding is just the Oh, you mean the dating isn't choosing your date? I love this. Yeah. Okay. And then I, again, another thing I did not think about, but it makes perfect sense. Um, before we go here, they say, you say, make sure that the ring and or the Rolex is insured. Yeah. I what? Want, you have to. That answer. makes sense. Dollar dollar bill, y'all? No, it makes perfect sense. But I'm like, why have I never thought? I've also never had a wedding, but I'm also thinking like, I've never thought about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Getting things insured. And your wedding should be insured, absolutely, because it's also a a big, big purchase. So make sure to insure the wedding just in case, I don't know, there's a hurricane and your venue just blows away. Well, I know a lot of venues, they require that. Yeah. So, because we had to get a certain type of insurance and even to to book the venue that we chose. But yeah, insurance on the ring was something that I didn't think about at all. And then I was like, wait a minute, I just spent the most amount of money on a piece of jewelry that I've spent ever in my life. And there's no insurance on it. Right. So you go to the beach and what happens? (laughs) And then wow. now it's in a yeah. shark's mouth. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, we got to take a quick break, but when we come back, Fallon doesn't know this, but we're about to oh, play shit. a game with her. Uh, I mean, sorry. Uh, we're about to play a game with her. <laughs> we, she, no, yeah. We're about to play a game with Fallon, um, asking her how well does she know weddings? That's Woo! coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Okay. 
fine. We're doing a great job. We are. This is uh, this is drop the subject with Allie and Jared, and we are joined in studio by the wonderful wedding planner Fallon Carter, who has been giving us uh, tips. If you are newly engaged, which a lot of you, yes, some people might be newly single right now, and uh, a lot of others are newly engaged. But you gave a lot of great tips on what people should be doing before they plan their wedding. But what is the first? But then we're going to get to a quiz. I mean, we're going to test your knowledge on all things wedding uh, because, you know, we are dropped the subject. But I just wanted to ask quickly before we get into the game, what do you recommend is the first thing people do get into when they're planning the wedding? Is it venue first? Is it photographer? Is it location? It's budget. Budget. Okay. Hands down budget. Itemizing a budget to know exactly where each scent should go for each category will help you shop better. So that way you're not looking at spaces or places or that even helps getting a decision yeah, on venue not, and location. Exactly. And, so then would it be sense. venue? Venue is first big vendor, I say select, because that impacts everything. Yeah. Right. Um, and then from there, photography is a next major ticket just mm-hmm. because photographers book out. Um, a lot right. <laughs> quickly and so do venues so those will help get you into a stable space and then from there you can usually coast a little bit mm-hmm. well you should always call Fallon first that's, and she, then, that's oh, the number one thing that's after that. the therapist after the therapist call Fallon and then I will help you with the budget and the venue and then the photographer and then yeah live your life <laughs> alright well here we go it's a quiz mm. do we have anything we got we got a little got something, something for you yes ah oh, lovely <laughs> oh, this so could go awry at any moment so yes. I know. Like, <laughs> all right, so here's how it works. Uh, we're going to ask you some basic questions about weddings, and we'll just see how well you do. And that's, there's no stakes here. If you get it wrong, it's not like you can never come on the show again. That would be crazy. That would be a lose-lose <laughs> for us anyway. So let's just start with the first one, which is what do you think is the most popular, most requested wedding song on the dance floor? Oh. Oh. Uh... We have uh, we have options here, so if get, you're wrong, get, it's okay. yeah, li- get, give me some options. Oh, uh, I, need, right. I like a multiple choice. All right, <laughs> uh, let's do. Okay, here are your options. Don't stop believing by Journey. Huh. I want to dance with somebody by Whitney Houston, or Uptown Funk. Oh, that that was a nineteen. That was a ni- twenty nineteen hit. So which one do you want? Bruno for? Mars. That's what you think? You are... Whitney Houston is probably it. There correct. you go. That's correct. Oh, you yes. brought up the song. Uptown Good funk. job. I'm running the board right now for the people that are listening and wondering why things are weird. So Uptown <laughs> Funk is number one. Shake It Off by Taylor Swift was number two. Oh. Shut Up and Dance, Walk the Moon was number three. Hmm. Then Can't Stop the Feeling by Justin Timberlake. I Want to Dance with Somebody, Whitney Houston. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Don't Stop Believing was number eight on the list. I was surprised that, that Bruno Mars was number one, considering how new it is. That's why I was surprised. It's a, right. It is a crowd pleaser when a band is involved, I will say. Oh, but this yeah. Is, yeah. It's, okay. yeah, if it's a wedding band, <laughs> if it's sense. a wedding band, they're it doesn't that. matter. Everyone's like, even the old ladies are like, Bruno Mars, you can never really go wrong with Bruno Mars. It's always so good. Yeah. All right. What is the current divorce rate in the United States? Yikes. I don't have music for that. (laughs) Find it. 30 seconds. 57%. I think think it's like, what is it? 57%. Uh, wow, that is high. Apparently, most people think <laughs> that it's 50% or around 50%, but over the course of the last eight years, it's gone down. It's gone down to 3.2 people per thousand people, so it's 32% right now. Are and that's thanks not getting to, married anymore? I think people are getting married less, <laughs> okay. and because well, there's, it's thanks to millennials. This is a hey, Tammy hey, Wynette's divorce song. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's a song called Divorce. We'll see if this works. No, but um, apparently millennials are getting married less 
later and oh. staying married longer because we are waiting later to get married. Yeah. We're also having less sex and less children. That's a nice. different conversation. Great. This is exciting yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> what is the average amount of money a couple will spend on their wedding? Um, well, New York City average is 95000 I would say <laughs> national My average God. is, we'll say thirty grand. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay. It's thirty oh, grand. Oh, wow. Uh, but All it right, depends Fallon. on where you are, you know, like like uh, Fallon Wyoming said. Wyoming is different. So, yeah. right. If you, I mean, Wyoming, 30000 is like, a you're travel. throwing the money plaza. at people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mind you, everyone's got to fly to Wyoming because yeah, nobody's there, you know? yeah. And the Shout average, out to our listeners in Wyoming, by the I way. I was like, we could say a Kanye West camp. No? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> That's probably more expensive than you want. I mean, yeah. uh, well, California, just to give an idea, thirty four thousand seven hundred twenty two is the nice. state average. We got time for like one more. Okay, okay, cute. Uh, okay, cute. <laughs> uh, here we go. Here we go. What? Well, I know you know the most popular time of year to propose. That's now. It's now. Well, it's December <laughs> is the actual. But what is the average age that people marry? Ooh, twenty eight. Very close. Uh, tw- average median age right now for brides is 29 years and grooms 31 years. Oh. And the median age for remarriage is 34 for brides and 37 for grooms. So I should be getting remarried right now is what you're saying? I guess so. You should be getting remarried <laughs> That is right not now, a lot of time. So you're theoretically getting married at 29 and then you're ready to remarry, remarry at 34. 34. And then finally, what percentage of engagements do not end in a wedding? This is a tough one. 3%. 13%. Yeah. She's a waste. Yeah. Well, we learned a lot. I know I did. Uh, Fallon Carter, thank you so much for thank joining you. us. Fallon, this tell people great. where they can find out more about everything awesome. that you do. Awesome. Follow my Instagram, Fallon Carter Events. You'll find everything there. I love you. Bye. Awesome so much. Uh, thank <laughs> we you love so you much. too. Yes. Uh, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, Just a Tip Tuesday is uh, on deck. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Oh, always good having Fallon Carter in studio. And uh, she made a beeline out of here because we, all three of us started eating lunch. And she was like, okay. She I said, you hitting go. this pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was like, all right, I think I'm going to leave because all of you are just looking at me chewing. Well, all of us are like on different diets and things. And like I am trying to do this pescatarian slash no uh, dairy thing. And I get up there and it's like... Barbecue chicken and Korean pork and I'm like bacon fried rice and bacon fried rice. What is that? Which what angel of God created First that? First of all, an angel created it, but the devil was on my shoulder. Like, <laughs> you know, you want to try devil that. Jarrett. That's not even a thing. Hey, Jarrett. They created that for you. <laughs> you know, you want bacon. <laughs> exactly. Eat the bacon. Eat it. Um, it's time for us to get into just the tip Tuesday. We've got this article um, that we were just actually talking with Fallon Carter about, like the things you need to think about before you get, get into a wedding planning. And the first thing was a financial planner. And um, I saw this headline, and I thought this was really interesting. Um, everyone's always trying to think about how they can save money, make more money, keep money. Um, and this headline from the Penny Hoarder says, "If you have more than a thousand dollars in your checking account, make the." five moves and it's like listen everybody does not have a thousand dollars in the checking account right but if you when you get to that moment you're like I've got a little money right do I spend it on shoes do I go out and find somewhere to go do I go on vacation what should I do with this money or should I try and save like a hundred dollars like what do you do so I thought this was a really great article to kind of give you um, some perspective so yeah this is one of those things where you know you get to a certain point in your life where something changes and you're like oh my god I'm not living a hundred percent paycheck to paycheck anymore I have a little bit left over I can skip a paycheck one 
right. maybe one or half of one. And most people will like go immediately to their parents and be like, "What do I do?" <laughs> uh, I mean, I know I've done that. I'm like, "Okay, what? Like, what's the best thing? Do I put it in one of those Iras? I don't know about the Iras. Who is Ira? Who I don't even know Ira? her. Yeah. Why is she taking my money?" Uh, so it's it's good to read these lists, and we're always trying to help you here and drop the subject with just the tip Tuesday. So what is the number one? They say invest like a tycoon, even if you're not rich. Maybe you've thought about investing some of that cash, but you're not sure where to start. They say we found a company that helps you become a real estate investor, and you don't have to be a millionaire. There's something called a Fundrise Starter Portfolio. Um, you can get started with a minimum of investment of just five hundred dollars, and uh, your money gets invested in portfolios of real estate around. Around the United States, and you can see exactly which properties are included in those portfolios, like a set of townhomes or an apartment building or something like that. And you don't have to be the landlord. Fundrise does all of the heavy lifting on that. Um, I love stuff like this where you can kind of like pay into something and like they you make know, the you get decisions a for you. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of an easy way to, to get started. I guess I've never thought of investing in real estate because I like many people are like I don't have the money to do that. I need to you feel buy like you need millions something. Of dollars. Right, like I need to buy a townhome and then resell it. Yeah. Like what? Uh, so that's really interesting. I I did take a little bit of money. This was a couple of years ago, and put it into stock. Like, a, I, but it's like I'm so. Uh, like I'm, I'm like a pussy about it. I'm like, all right, when, when I can say that, you can say that. Yeah, my heart just stopped beating. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna say it, but everyone's gonna freak out. Um, so it, when like Facebook went public, for example, mm-hmm. it was like forty bucks for one share, mm. and I was like, well, that I can do. Yeah, and now it's up to I've left it, and it's up to like you know two hundred bucks or nice. something like that. But like if I had actually invested and not been so scared. Yeah, so scared about it. But well, I have you, invested in Beyond Meat. I was going to say, you've told us that you've invested in Beyond Meat as well. I need to do that. I need to like start putting just like a few dollars aside to start Yeah, investing. because so, you know when you check, you're like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. You know, I've got a little money. But then uh, don't do what I did and invest in, in uh, Bitcoin, because that was a real disaster. Oh, is Bitcoin officially dead now? It's not dead, but it's it's Almost on says. life support. Okay. Yeah, it's one of those, like, uh, I think a close family member would unplug. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you have a conversation with the lawyer about before you get into Bitcoin. Uh, Uh, Number two. Uh, Number two is if you've got a family, you are going to want to get some life insurance. And I don't know if I agree with this because I've watched forensic files for many, many years. Right. Don't tell them. Yes, they have life insurance. they're like, yeah. and then the day after, you've got a co- your coffee tastes a little weird. Yeah, um, but it says, you know, if you've thought about how your family would manage without you, <laughs> which is kind of a morbid thought, but it's good to think about it. And if you've got a little bit of leftover money, you can get a one million dollar life insurance policy for as little as five bucks a month. That's so really good. yeah, so and you can cancel at any time. It's important. I mean, even if you have a partner and you want to just have a beneficiary situation, it's worth investing in. According to I always joked that um, I was going to leave all of my money to my siblings, and like when I die, they can have my overdraft fees. And I like, know. They, can, they can take $34 at a time. I'm like, can I just give it to someone I hate? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's more worth it. Um, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, more of the things that you should do if you have $1,000 in the bank, or not even that much, but if you have a little bit of money and you're trying to figure out what to do with it, mm-hmm. um, we've got more tips for you coming up next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Hmm. Reading the rest of this list of the things that you should be doing if you have a grand in your checking account right now. You have to make these five moves. We're halfway through the list. This is Drop the Subject with Jarrett Nally, and we've shared, uh, you know, just the tip Tuesday. We always try to 
give you some tips, tricks, life hacks to make your life a little easier because it's hard enough as it is. Let's be real. And uh, we, huh? do you have anything that you do like right now? Like for me, for instance, I use this app called Capital with a Q, and it Capital. It's it's Capital <laughs> with a Q, and like they uh, they they will add money to my account there every time I use my debit card. Oh, and it, oh. one goes into one savings, one goes to another, and like you kind of that's a cool. That's a cool. I've actually never heard of that one, um, but that's good. There's there, a bunch of them. Yeah, like that. there was one that I used for a little while called Simple, mm-hmm. and it was like you know you'd have a savings account, but then it would also help you organize what you're saving for. Mm, so it'd be yeah. like, okay, I'm saving up for say an engagement ring, right? And you that's, have a price of how many, how, and then it'll put money into those yeah. little accounts so that you can plan over the course of six months how to raise that money. My my capital one does that, and like you can set up as many as you want, and you set up a rule and all that kind of stuff. It's oh, okay, so a, a it's cool similar. way to yeah. And yeah. I'm like saving for vacation, and I'm saving for nice. being debt free, and all that kind of stuff. So. I will say uh, the one that I recommend, which I think is sort of on this list, is uh, well, I, yeah, I would say invest in a good points rewards program mm-hmm. with a credit card. Yeah, uh, the best decisions I've ever made financially was I use my credit card for everything, and I just pay it off every month, mm-hmm. and we accumulate a lot of points and so a lot of times when we travel we have a lot of points to use and we get a lot of stuff back and mm-hmm. you know if you use it on a regular basis and they have great rewards programs out there and if you uh you know going away from like a debit account and just using the credit card for points mm-hmm. and just making sure that you obviously have no late payments and don't get you know the interest and all that crap that was the best decision we've made with nice. our finances and we've noticed a big difference very good yeah very nice okay number three they say ask um this one specific website to pay your credit card bill this month. They say, if you finally got some money in the bank and you still have some lingering debt that you're working out, um, this company called Fiona um, could help you pay off your credit cards a lot more quickly. Fiona apparently will match you with a low interest loan that you can use to pay off every credit card balance you have. And the benefit of that is that you're left with just one bill to pay every month. And because of the interest rate being so much lower, you can get out of debt much faster. Plus, there are no credit payment credit card payments You know, each yeah, so you're put the money that you would have put to the credit cards you're putting towards this app. Right. Yeah, this is basically just consolidating your loans. Exactly. Right? So, I mean, if you have a million different... I, I think that with student loans, we've done that, you know, because there can be several different companies that you owe mm-hmm. money to for a student loan, and you can go to certain companies to consolidate all of those at a lower interest rate so that you're not spending. And it's easier to pay yeah. because you just have one date to remember rather than three or whatever. Last two here because we got one minute left. They say you can grow your money up to 11 times faster without risking it um, if you try something like Aspiration another um, app called Aspiration it lets you earn up to 5% cash back on your debit card spending and up to 11 times the average interest on the money that you set aside to save Aspiration also shares uh, part of its profit with nonprofit organizations um, so that you can stick up for your beliefs without ever having to um, write a check and then lastly and then lastly uh, it's another app that you can download uh, I don't know who this was so this is that they partner with all these companies <laughs> I'm guessing so yes are we suckers here? What are no, we doing? We're just we're letting we're people just know about the, the different things that are available. Uh, there's a, another. Uh, this is basically a, an app that helps you invest in stock, uh, and it's called Robinhood. And you don't need a bunch of money in order to invest. You can actually get five hundred dollars in free stocks. So whether you're you know you've got five bucks left over, eight hundred, a hundred, you just go to Robinhood and you can kind of work with them, and they will you know they don't charge commission fees. You can buy and sell socks, uh, buy and sell. Stocks for free with no limits, easy to use. So, nice. yeah. I'm going to tweet out the link on at DTS Show to this article from the 
Penny Hoarder so you can check out these different things for yourself. We got to take a quick break. When we come back, Dr. Jen Mann is going to be here. She's telling us what to do if you're not a big fan of your uh, significant other's family mm-hmm. and how you can deal with that. Mm-hmm. That's- Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, drop the subject, Allie, Jarrett, and Dr. Jen, of course, because it is Tuesday, where we get to learn all about relationships, sex, and our own insecurities. How you doing, Dr. Jen? I'm good, ready to talk about all of the above. Yes. Well, I wanted to quickly, because today we're going to talk about what happens when you hate your partner's family, which is fascinating. Uh, Not relatable at all to me. Anyway, um, (laughs) I also wanted to just quickly, before we get into that, ask you a a question about your questions, your 36 questions, which Katie and I did some of them last week. I love your post. I was so excited to see you and your wife doing that. Well, we because we, Katie listens to the show, and so she took your advice, and when I got home, opened to that page, Appendix A, and we got started over dinner. But then, will you just, I think this is for my own benefit, will you just let her know that she's not allowed to control my answers? Because she was asking how I could spend an ideal day, and then she was criticizing that I wouldn't spend the entire moment with her. Got it. Um, well, this is a message to your wife. <laughs> Please be open-minded about what brings your partner pleasure and try not to take it personally if you're not at the top of the list. Sometimes even though you're at the top of her list as a partner and her favorite human on the planet, sometimes our ideal day can be an escape and that's okay and utilize it as an opportunity to talk about her needs. Like, uh, to, wow, does that mean, do you need more downtime? You know, do you, are, are you finding yourself feeling stressed out that your ideal day is a walk on the beach by yourself? It sounds like you really need some time to decompress and put some gas in the tank. How can we incorporate that into our life? Two things. One, I'm sure Katie's not listening right now. Okay, well, and you, Emmy, two, you're pulling this clip. Okay. And two, I would have loved for Dr. Jenna been like, oh, it's perfectly fine for her to yeah. tell you what you should be answering. <laughs> well, why doesn't it include her more? <laughs> exactly, right. We, that's what we really need to talk about. <laughs> Partner. Um, That's okay. what I was telling Eric. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dr. Jen, we want to talk to you about this headline that you have in your uh, hump day piece that says what to do if you're if you hate your partner's family. Again, we can't relate. But the later the letter here uh, says the following. My boyfriend and I have been together for a few years and usually my time spent with his family, who I dislike, is limited um, because we have we live in a few states away. But over the holidays, I'm forced to spend days on end with them trapped in their house. I find them obnoxious rude and their discussions about politics are hard to bear help I need some survival tips now obviously this came from the holidays but like this applies in such a broad way because people have to deal with their families all year long so um, what are your tips here how do people deal with that well first of all I shared an experience that I had um, and it's not Eric's family it's it's someone I dated a long time ago and he had a family where their favorite thing to do when it came time to give gifts was give gifts in high-end boxes with the word not on it so it'd be like Gucci not and then they give you like a tube oh. of toothpaste oh hell no oh, God. That they sucks. thought this was the funniest thing ever and this mom was so narcissistic that one time we needed a ride to the airport and literally 15 minutes before she was supposed to come she told him that it, unless he changed his last name to the same as her last name, she wasn't going to drive us to the airport. What? what? Before Uber. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, like, it, she was 
off the charts narcissistic. But that's a whole other story. Well, but that <laughs> but that does make me make make me ask a question. That I feel like I, a lot of people think about in the relationships is should someone's family be in consideration of deal breakers? I think that if you have a partner that wants to spend an enormous amount of time with their family, they don't recognize their family's pathology, and it's really important to them that you participate in family activities, yes, then it's a deal breaker. If you have a partner that recognizes their family's craziness or that is able to make really good boundaries with them, then no, it it doesn't have to be a deal breaker. But I do think it's an important component in better understanding your partner's triggers, their vulnerabilities, their emotional state, when you know their their family it definitely helps but but definitely one of the first tips i give is limit the amount of time you spend with them you know whether it is oh they have family dinner every friday night or you know they all go to church together and expect you to brunch with them on sunday or you know just there are certain occasions do your best to limit the time pick and choose work with your partner to set some reasonable limits that are not offensive and upsetting to your partner, but are doable for you. Yeah, I mean, uh, this like for holidays, sometimes you can't avoid that if you're stuck mm-hmm. in a situation where you're with them for a week. But, uh, you know, my, my in-laws, I get along with okay. I think they, they've gotten used to me. They, I mean, I've won her dad over. It took a decade, but I did it. Um, but, <laughs> but I do occasionally, there's sometimes where they do things together, like they just went to the 49er game. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to tap out. Because yeah. there are some things that I just know... It's better for them to bond as a family and for me to kind of wait in the wings. So, yeah. And you don't need to always do a marathon. Like, there's some families who do, like, marathon days of activities. And, like, if, they're, if, if, if you're someone who's listening who has a partner who does the football game, the dinner, the camping, the, like, thing after thing after thing, yeah, I think it's, it's very reasonable to say, like, say to your partner, hey, pick one. You know, I'm happy to attend one activity. You you pick what's most important to you. And I also think when it comes to limiting the time, if let's say your partner's family is out of state, if you can avoid it, don't stay with them. If Absolutely. you can avoid it, stay in an Airbnb, stay at a hotel, stay at a friend's house. That helps you to limit the amount of time. Just simply being able to leave and recharge and have time with your partner without them hovering around can be really helpful in putting emotional gasoline back in the tank. I think that's always useful when you're visiting family, even if it's not with a significant other. It's true, other. even if you don't hate we got, them. Exactly. we got to take a quick oh. break. When we come back, we're going to jump more into Dr. Jen's list of the things that you should do to avoid your partner's family or the issues that you might have with your partner's family. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, so we're back with Dr. Jen, and uh, n- number two on your list of things to consider if you're a person who has a really difficult time with your partner's family, I love number two, it's put down the alcohol. Which is the first thing I want to do, so <laughs> can you please change my mind? People do, they're like, oh, I can't stand these people. If I drink, it will it will make it a little more tolerable or at least be having fun in my head. Don't do it. Because when we have a drink, even if it's just one drink, our boundaries get messy. Mm. We're more likely to say things that we shouldn't say. Like it just can lead to a lot of negative things that you don't want to happen. I think Keep yourself the- sober. 
that way you won't end up losing it and going off on them. The number three on your list, I feel like, is uh, re- really resonates the most with me. Uh, it's be a united front. Oh. Like if you go in with your partner, like the your partner is the one that you know is is related to these people, and like they've got you've got to be on the same page with them. Absolutely, and it's important to talk about it going in. Sometimes we make assumptions. Oh, we're going to be a united front, or oh, our partner will automatically know that this topic is upsetting to me. So it's really important to talk about it in advance, especially if you know there's something that their parents bring up or their siblings that is a hot button issue. That way they can be the one who changes the subject or they can be the bad guys. It's always better if the partner is the one stepping in saying, hey, you know what, let's talk about something different or hey, this is really a hot topic. You know, we don't need to get into that right now. Or, you know, just like, hey, it's time to go for a walk and just sort of distract and deflect. Yeah, that's the that's perfect segue into your next one, which is getting out of the house as much as possible. And this is something that you probably have to set up early, right? You know, once you're meeting them and establishing a relationship, you set up that, hey, you know what? I'm going to go off by myself occasionally and that's okay. If they're staying with you or you're staying with them, this is crucial. Like everyone in my private practice who I work with, even if you like them, you still are going to need some time alone. Take your running shoes, go for a walk or a run, you know, go do something, you know, go to the mall and pick up a gift for them. Go to the market. Oh, you're out of milk. Let me go handle that. You know, whatever it is, look for excuses to get out of the house, a change in scenery, does everybody good and it just kind of changes the energy and it gives you a little chance to kind of catch your breath and kind of rejuvenate before you go back in. Well, Dr. Jen, you've got a lot more tips in this. Uh, it's a total of eight, but we got to uh, take a quick break. We're going to tweet out this article. Um, Dr. Jen's in-style article is called Hump Day, and uh, you can go to our Twitter page right now to check out more about ways that you can really uh, really be able to make it work when you have to be with your uh, significant other's family. And you can check out Dr. Jen's book, The Relationship Fix, Dr. Jen's Six-Step Guide to Improving Communication Communication, connection, and intimacy. Where you guys got those thirty-six questions? Uh, yes, that Katie yeah, was it's, it's you definitely with. useful, and it's a pleasant, slightly heavy dinner conversation, but definitely <laughs> worth it. Thank you, Doctor Jen. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. I'm Jared. That's Allie. And it's time for News It or Lose It. We've had quite a full show already. Um, We've got a couple more things to get done here. Are you ready for some headlines? I'm so ready. (laughs) Because I am totes ready for this. Um, I was not completely wrapped up in what we were just doing uh, with Dr. Jen and everything else. So I am completely ready. You are definitely not procrastinating. I am not at all. So uh, how are you feeling? Ridiculous. Um, okay. <clears throat> Headline uh, from offense. Headline. No, no. I have. I have. You some got him. Here. All right. Because I, I don't know if I can trust me, but uh, <laughs> no. I. We'll, we'll make this work. Okay. Uh, I just saw this headline from NBC News, which I thought was actually really interesting. From offense to defense, NSA's <laughs> NSA's Microsoft flaw alert shows shift in public strategy. This is a story is about that? how the NSA. F- discovered a fatal flaw in Microsoft's Windows okay. and told them about it, which okay. is something they would normally do. Okay. You can say no. Um, lose it. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> uh, okay. How <laughs> online news? How online? Ke- how online news became most fashionable currency in the fight against Australian wildfires? Okay, that's interesting. I'll lose it. All right, and. 
<laughs> New nutrition facts labels are a big win for consumers, public health, and bipartisanship. I'll news it. Wow, I definitely made this one work. Uh, news or lose, it's coming up in, God, give me more than three minutes. <laughs> we'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. Well, Allie, so excited about News It or Lose It. You know, I've been chomping at the bit to get to these stories I all day. I know you have been. We have plenty of time Or at least well, for the so last three and a half minutes. Just go ahead and we can dive deep. I, uh... <laughs> also, I was telling you guys, while the song was playing, there's a headline coming from Los Angeles Times says, A jet returning to LAX um, accidentally dumped fuel on a school playground, and par- paramedics are treating um, more than a dozen children. Um, it's somewhere between 17 and 20 children, um, which is just a crazy headline. And, like, what what are you going to the hospital with? If you have been covered in jet fuel, well, like what are you like? Is just you slipped and got injured? We is actually there have like a little bit of time here. Inhalation, like what is it? Well, they said that the people had injuries. They say an airplane returning to Los Angeles International Airport on Tuesday morning dropped what was believed to be engine fuel onto a p- school playground, striking several students at Park Avenue Elementary School in I'm not pronoun- sure how to pronounce this city name. I believe it's Kudahy, C U D A H Y. The Los Angeles County Fire Department said that more than 70 firefighters and paramedics are at the school assembling. Assessing multiple patients, um, 17 children and six adults are all complaining of minor injuries. Uh, L.A. City Fire spokesperson Nicholas Prang said uh, two classes were outside when the liquid rained down shortly before noon. Students and staff were instructed to go indoors and remain there for the time being. Um, The jet landed safely at LAX soon after and police could be seen driving behind the plane with sirens wailing as it arrived. So seemingly the people on board the plane had no idea this was even. Well, they didn't even know what was happening. So. I'm guessing they probably had some kind of burns or something, maybe from jet fuel. Being I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, sounds awful. Wow. I can't believe. I mean, I, I, I'm sure they'll be looking into how this happened and Absolutely. whether it happened, like whether it was just a, a misfire. Issue or something. Yeah, exactly. Or I mean, if someone's pressing the wrong button, that's a pretty bad wrong button to press. Well, I don't even know what button you'd push. You know what I mean? To make, <laughs> I don't know. To make the al- the gas uh, come out of there. So uh, that's a breaking yeah, story that's coming from that Los Angeles. Exactly. I don't think that's a button. That's a stupid. I don't think button. that's a thing. <laughs> that's a dumb button. They shouldn't have that. They don't have that. Don't. I know they shouldn't. They shouldn't. That's that... not a thing. Uh, yeah, it's a good thing they don't, because yeah. if they did, I'd be pissed about it. Um, there are children. <laughs> well, from one wild story to another, um, there's this headline that comes from Slate.com, and they, the headline is great. It says, some heroes wear nothing. How online news <laughs> became the most fashionable <laughs> currency in the fight against the Australian wildfires. As you know, the wildfires um, are, in, uh, are, are burning across Australia right now, and they say this week, Kaylin Ward came up with an ingenious way to motivate people to donate to the relief. She promised to send nude photos of herself to anyone who would document a $10 contribution to related charities, charities like the Australian Red Cross. Her plan worked, and apparently within days, she claimed to have raised more than $1 million. Of course. Um, though uh, she told the New York Times that she couldn't verify all of the donations um, because of the high quantity. Ward is a model and sex worker and calls herself the Naked Philanthropist on Twitter, where she now has more than 380 5,000 followers, but in addition to the money she's raised, she's Ward is also, um, she's inspired women with much more modest followings to forego their modesty for a good cause. Uh, many of them already work full-time or moonlight in the sex community online where they earn money for sharing their uh, not-safe-for-work content. Wow, That's that is awesome. very, very fascinating. Yeah. I uh, I mean, Jarrett, what do you think? Should we throw our hats in the ring? Um, I mean, I'll send 10 bucks. 
I'll, oh, I'll, oh, you I'll, mean on the res- I mean like we should do it. You, are you coming on to me? <laughs> no, I mean like <laughs> if people donate, we'll you know. Oh, give them our goods. I'll send them your nudes. <laughs> send them your nudes. Yeah, no, no, Mm-mm. not even just a little back shot. Nope, nothing. I'll give you a shot on my shoulder. <laughs> like I'll send oh, a nip yeah. slip. Oh, just okay. A, a little, I'll, okay, no, I'll I'm fold not... my arm at the elbow and send them a picture of that and say it's <laughs> a butt crack. I'll send you things that look like nudes but aren't exactly for I'll money. I'll send you someone else's nudes. <laughs> you wouldn't even know. How would you know? I'll just send you some random nudes that I found online. Exactly. I googled nudes. <laughs> just wanted to see what would come back. You're like, here's Jessica Beals. Congratulations. Exactly. Congratulations. <laughs> this is her on a red carpet. This is Snow Fully White close. from some weird tab that I clicked exactly. on. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, shout out to this, yeah, um, this, for sure. this woman, um, Kaylin Ward. That's a pretty cool thing. And she's raised a million dollars. So I'm good for her. Now, one of the things I've I've noticed this change slowly, but like wasn't really sure that it was a thing. Uh, this headline comes from The Hill. It says, new nutrition facts labels are big win for consumers and public health um, and also by Partisanship, according to this, um, the FDA, shut up. And <laughs> according to this according article, to uh, the FDA had a new rule about the nutrition labels on the sides of your food, the nutrition facts um, that. Uh, was finalized January 1st. It was like, you have until January 1st to make these changes. Um, They talk about the things that we may or may not notice that have changed on the back of uh, the packages of foods that you have. They say, if you looked at the back of the food package, you may have noticed that the nutrition facts um, include larger uh, and bolder uh, calorie listings, where you can see more clearly how many calories are in the food that you have. The serving size is more visible and more accurately reflects uh, the amount that people really eat. Okay, so it's not like, there's uh, 60 calories in this, but there's 75. Right. Exactly. Um, which always makes me really mad. I know, like, I'm like, 60 on. calories? Great! And then you realize you've had like 17 servings. Yeah. Um, they say there's a new line for added sugars, along with a percent daily value that specifies how much of the day's added sugar limit is in a serving. Um, um, this is all a part of uh, the FDA's uh, way of helping you to make informed and wise choices for the health of you and your family. Um, the updated nutrition facts label is making it easier for consumers to make more uh, informed choices. And the survey shows that consumers are seeking healthier options and looking to consume less sugar. There was a study that came out before saying that um, all of work, like half of the country is going to be obese in you know in oh, the coming years well, or something because of like the trend that we have of obesity that is continuing to grow. That's so. so crazy. Crazy because you know it reminds me how much we live in a bubble. Yeah. Because I feel like in California, especially in Southern California, people are eating healthier than ever. At least that's like what I. That's what it seems like. I don't know if that's accurate or not. Right. It seems like it because we are in LA or from San Francisco Bay Area, right. and like there's vegan places everywhere and all that kind of stuff. But I always think about like, what if you're in Idaho or what if you're in Wisconsin or sure. North Dakota? You know what I mean? Like where we don't have so many options. Like I've been just trying to. To, like eliminate dairy from my diet. It's and, like, hard. I had to go to two different stores just to yeah. find the right product, well, you know? So. And where are the stores located? Because that's an important aspect, Absolutely. too. Because a lot of times, like, oh, we'll put a McDonald's in a poor neighborhood, and then the people there are, they don't have as many choices, and they get obese because there aren't healthy, affordable choices exactly. in their area. Yeah, the food desert crisis. That yeah. is a, a thing that we talk about a lot. So um, we got to take a quick break. News It or Lose It is done. Up happy next endings. is Happy Endings. Drop the subject. 
Q. Drop the subject is back. It's time for us to get ready to land this plane. But before we get into happy endings, we want to take some bets on what's happening tonight in the presidential primary debate. Um, I have a special that's coming up tonight that I'm really excited about. I'll be joined by Ryan Mitchell from Let's Go There, um, Karen Oakham, who's from the Los Angeles Blade, and also Matthew Craffy, who was on our show a couple of days ago um, from the California Law Cabin Republicans. Tonight we'll be live right here on Channel Q uh, at 9 Pacific, midnight Eastern, for one hour after the debates, giving you the highlights of uh, the night, the crazy the good, the bad, and all that. So yeah, that'll be, be right great. here Tune a little in. bit later. Yeah, it's going to be really good. Um, but we wanted to take some bets on some things that we expect to happen tonight. Um, what, yeah. what you got? What do you think? Okay. So I figured I can I can pitch a bet to you and then we can decide how much, if you will take the bet and okay. if so, for how much. Okay. Okay. So I think the first person, I think that climate change and especially the situation in Australia is going to be brought up tonight. The situation in Australia, yes. Yeah, the okay. fact that this is happening because of climate change and we need to do something about climate change. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to come up tonight. But I think that Elizabeth Warren's going to be the first person to bring it up. Okay. Um, Will I, you take my bet? I think... I don't think that's right. Okay. I think it's going to be Amy Klobuchar. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You're going with the other lady. Yeah. I, okay, my, so, my bet... Oh, go ahead. So how much do you want... What do you want to do? Breakfast? Um, Loser gets breakfast, 20 bucks. What do you want to do? We'll do breakfast again. Yeah. Breakfast Breakfast seems to be uh, on par for the last couple of days. You enjoyed that yesterday. I did. Okay. Um, What's yours? I think there's going to be a one liner fail from Amy Klobuchar. Yeah. That's such a great one. I am almost positive Amy Klobuchar is going to have a shaky bang one liner fail. Oh, yeah. Well, I was thinking also another good one would be Biden uh, losing his train of thought mid sentence. Him him or Bernie Sanders, either one. I would say both at the same time, maybe. (laughs) Like, really up to snakes. All right. I'll take your bet for Klobuchar. And uh, again, we'll do double breakfast. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, All right. Then that'll be. What is double breakfast? So, like, if, if you win that bet. I'll buy you breakfast. Okay. If you win my bet, I will also buy you breakfast. What's the double part of it? Like all, two days in a row. Oh, okay. Because each bet is for a breakfast. Gotcha. Okay. All right, one-liner fail from Amy Klobuchar, and you think Elizabeth Warren, I think it's Klobuchar that's going to bring up... Uh, uh, the, uh, the climate uh, change and the situation in okay. Australia. Yeah. All right. Okay. Great. Now it's time for Happy Endings. Yes, this is the time of the show where we take something that was a little bit sad times and we make it happy times with a silver lining. Give you something positive to take the rest of your di- uh, take into the rest of your day. What's your happy ending? Well, it may be weird that I think the what does your sneeze say about you thing was a little aggressive and probably tried to come for me a little bit. <laughs> I did not. I, I feel like those people kind of tried to read me. You? I felt attacked. Okay. Even though what they said was overwhelmingly positive. Um <laughs> But let's look at the bright side. Ryan Reynolds could get it. I don't have anything. You I love Ryan Mitchell's Ryan Mitchell's in the studio nodding his head like, yeah, he could. He's pointing his fork he at you yeah. disapprovingly, but he's saying yes, Ryan Reynolds can get it. Well, can he not, Ryan Mitchell? I mean He can get it. <laughs> uh, what you got for us, Allie? All right. Warren and Sanders might be at each other's throats oh. tonight. But the bright side here is that no matter which one of them wins or loses, no one loses more than Bernie Sanders' microphone. Ooh, girl. I feel so bad that that microphone is me too every single oh time my God. it have is you, on the debate stage. Have you ever, like, the kind of microphone that, like, someone has in their hand, yeah. have you ever, like, had to clean one of those? Yes. It is disgusting. Yeah, and imagine what his looks like. It is so 
it's gotta be freaking gross. When I was in uh, when I was in church as a kid, I worked in the AV department, and like the mic that the pastor spoke oh, into every yeah. day, like oh, after, especially when you get heated. Oh my god! Like when you're really like in the mm-hmm. in the heat of yeah, and it was just so gross, and I was like. Why does it look like this? Bernie Sanders mics have to be gross. They are covered. Oh God! Okay. I mean, oh. my 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 stomach is literally just going like. <laughs> <laughs> Emmy, do you have a happy ending? Emmy, no, don't no. Take your time. We got some it. people might have to deal with a partner's family that they hate. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. But. Ryan Reynolds can get it. <laughs> okay. Everyone gotta, can't just keep using we Ryan Reynolds. Gotta say goodbye. That is a show for us. Make sure to join me tonight, right here on Channel Q at nine o'clock Pacific time, at midnight Eastern, uh, for debate night and late night with Jarrett Hill and um, all of our guests. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll see you here tomorrow, yes. Allie. Um, have a great night. Be good to each other. We'll see you tomorrow.